Today on the Marvel Cinematic Universe podcast, we're going to be talking about Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. Season 6, Episode 4, Code Yellow. Right after this. Welcome to the Marvel Cinematic Universe podcast. My name is Matthew Carroll. And I'm Jeff Randall. Week two in New York! Yeah, back in, back, back, back at, back in the habit. I don't know what I'm talking about. Screw <laughs> <laughs> that one up real hard. <laughs> um, yeah, New York part two. Uh, you're in New York. I'm gonna be in New York in two days. Uh, it sounds like, uh, a couple of our friends from the podcast might meet us up there. I'm really excited. Um, again, we're doing a podcast meetup, uh, in New York City. Uh, we're gonna meet at Con- so what's the place? Comnata Quest. We're gonna meet at Comnata Quest. Uh, but honestly, if you do want to come, hit us up because it'd be great to organize it so we all get tickets. Um, but yeah, random meetup in New York City. Pretty excited about it. It's gonna be great. Um, I like. I would say it's been a lot of fun up here, but it's been kind of boring. You know, I had to do work things. Ugh, it's the worst. Yeah. Uh, and I've been trying to save money by just staying in the hotel room, and I haven't really gone anywhere. Oh man, well that that's gonna change now that I'm there. Yeah, it is. Yeah, because um, I'm yeah. happy to cover some Ubers and get us around town and uh, buy some whiskey at a, a store and put it in a flask. Your uh, <laughs> <laughs> store, like if you go out the front door of this of the hotel and turn right, and then like walk five feet and turn right, you're in a liquor store. Sweet. Then I just got to bring my flask. Yeah, man. I've got a plastic <laughs> flask that can get through places. Uh, <laughs> All right, now I start. I feel like I'm starting to sound like I'm uh, hatching some sort of plan. Okay, let's uh, talk about Agents of Shield. Uh, but hit us up if you guys are just listening to this episode. We're going to mention it in the next three episodes because yeah, we're going to be going. Um, but uh, Agents of Shield this week, um, I thought this was a really fun episode. I loved all the Deke Shaw stuff. Great, great opening. One, maybe one of the better cold openings of this show. Oh yeah, absolutely. When we uh when we were we're in the game in the uh what was it, the Rimaraths Rumble, I think it was what it's called. Yeah, it sounds like it sounds right. Um when we're in that game and <laughs> Deke Shaw is running around, like my my thought I I think originally they're they're trying to like fool people into believing that he's going through some shit again. And I immediately knew I was like this is not real. There's none of this is real. Yeah, definitely knew it wasn't real. I thought it was going to be like a, st- and I guess it is. And this is me being an old man. I was like, oh, he's writing a book or he's writing a movie about his experiences in the future. You know that that's what I was thinking. Um, yeah. It makes a lot more sense. It's a lot more modern that he's doing the VR thing. It also fits his character because that's what he was doing in the future. Is he was selling those VR experiences. Yeah, yeah, he was uh, he was a purveyor of experience, and now he's a purveyor of experience with Daisy. <laughs> in one of the best exchanges that I've ever seen Mac involved in. Two percent. I actually found that a little disconcerting. Where they bumped that up in the episode against the other storyline, because that was a really silly, like almost. Almost like Three Stooges esque moment when he looks over at him, he's like, "Why I oughta?" And he's like, and they're like, two ah, percent. I'll give you two percent." It was really like almost a silly, whatever uh, Abbott and Costello bit they were doing. Yeah, and then it immediately cut to spoiler alert: uh, Yo Yo's boyfriend dying. 
in yeah. a really awful, brutal way. It really was. It was so bad. Yeah, this is one of those examples. We always talk about putting humor in, but leaving the, making sure the humor doesn't affect the stakes of things. And I did feel like that was so silly. And the other, the A storyline and the B storyline, the A storyline was so silly and funny in this episode that the B storyline, um, kind of got short shrifted a little bit. Yeah, it was a little, uh, it was a little shortchanged. Got the short end of the stick. But apart from that, that was so sad. Yo-Yo's just tragedy of her of her new boyfriend dying that way was uh, it, it was so gross. Yeah, not only like not only of him dying that way, but like her having to be the one to stab him with the dagger. Right. And here's my big problem with that. I do have one major problem with this episode. Really, I, honestly, I feel like it's kind of unforgivable problem for this episode. Uh-oh. Why didn't Yo-Yo use her speed powers sooner? Yeah. She easily could have killed that bat. Like, really easily. Or stopped it. Or grabbed it. Or whatever. Like, she moves quickly. And she could have... When that bat was flying around the lab, I'm like, you have a super speed person here. Why is she not moving so fast that the bat is standing still and just grabbing it out of the air and ripping its wings off with her robot arms like she's a superhero like <laughs> go catch the thing what are you doing yeah that was real dumb that was bad that was bad writing later in the episode she's like and this time i'll be ready for it i won't be caught off guard and i'm like it doesn't matter if you're caught off guard you are a super speedster yeah, and I, I get that she has to come back to where she was, so she couldn't maybe do certain things, but like, she could have easily grabbed that thing out of the air, or, uh, or at least gone and punched it, knocked it down. She could have had an entire fight sequence with that bat while they were standing there, like, staring at it. It's like they forgot about her superpowers completely in that moment. Yep. Only when it was convenient to go and grab the dagger. Which, again, she could have done, like, she could have super speeded, grabbed the dagger, and then, like, Knocked the thing out of the air with it, like pinned it to the floor. Yes. The, the way this, if they thought about it, the way they should have run this episode, they should have built up their love story in the previous episode and then had her be away on another mission before he gets infested. Like that whole Matt conversation, all that could have happened. Yo-Yo could have been away because you gotta, you gotta remove your supers if you're going to let something so mundane happen to someone, you know? And I, mundane's harsh. It, 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 it was stoppable. It was easily stoppable by a super. Yeah, something so easily preventable. Yeah, exactly. So that's my anger with this episode. Uh, but Deke Shaw, the whole the whole Deke storyline with him being, um, you know, a tech millionaire or whatever. Like I loved all of that stuff. Was amazing. Yep. Video game company startup guy, and then his. His right hand guy, his hype man, his assistant, whatever is uh, is an undercover agent. It's like, yes. did we just let get away? Yeah, Agent Trevor Khan. Yep, I love it. I do too. I hope Trevor Khan sticks around, but I don't think he is based on the um, finale or like the the thing that happened in the end. <laughs> the super goofy stinger. Yes. Yeah. Oh my gosh. Oh my gosh. I just, I, I, the way they said I'm Agent Trevor Khan, Agent of S.H.I.E.L.D., um, 
or he says Trevor Kahn, Agent of Shield. I thought he might be from comics, so I had to look him up. I just looked up Trevor Kahn on Google, and the first thing that came up is an Allstate agent named Trevor Kahn. <laughs> 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 Trevor Kahn, agent of Allstate. <laughs> he's got khakis. That's so good. It's so good that he's actually agent Trevor Kahn. Insurance yep. agent. That's super good. Okay, anyway. <laughs> so I, I don't know. I I really liked the Trevor Kahn th- turn. I really liked his girlfriend, Sequoia. <laughs> Uh, yeah, I, you know, I liked her and, and I thought that she was a a great addition. I think that that's definitely the, uh, the type of person that he would go for in this time, in this day and age. Mm-hmm. Like when it came time for, uh, for the stinger, I just, I got kind of annoyed with her. Oh man, I loved it. I, I, I like, <laughs> I totally get being annoyed with her. She's annoying, but from a writing perspective, I was just like really pleased with the writers because it was perfect for Instagram influencer people. Yeah. I have a lot of friends who are like musicians who are also sort of Instagram insta influencer people. And they, that, that was just like watching one of their feeds. It was so funny. Yeah. I can't stand those kinds of people. I'm sorry. (laughs) Well, uh, you know, some people, some people do it and that's all they care about. Some people have legitimate, things they care about like their music and they do the, in, the, 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 the influencer th- game is sort of their like way of getting their music out there or whatever. And I get that a lot more. Um, I, sure. I, I yeah. totally understand that these days that's, that's a way to get a following on the internet. And you kind of have to, cause you know, with the world being so small as it is now, you kind of have to, to treat it as you're talking to everybody. And it's what we do here. Yeah. You know, we're talking with everyone. Um, it just, with it being in video form like that, it feels so much more uh, vain in that way. And I don't sure. like that. Well, I think that, that's the point. And that character, I just enjoyed it from a uh, from a writing perspective. I thought it was really funny and really bold that they did it. Like, it was, it was so long. It was like a full minute long. <laughs> yep, yep. And it was, you know, it was perfectly on the nose and, and hit, you know, absolutely portrayed that type of person very well. But... You know, just, I don't know, it's like that type of person just doesn't sit well with me. I'm like, you're so superficial. You're you're not real. But that's the thing, Jeff. They are real. You know? They're real people. They're real people. And it's, it's, well, I'm, you know, I've been struggling with this. I'm, I'm, I'm going through some, uh, some turmoil in my, in my, in my, in my life, in my, in my thought processes and such. And I'm, and I'm really, some of it has allowed me to look at other people's perspectives a little better. Mm-hmm. And, 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 you know, you look at certain things and you're like, why, why is my, you have to, you have to really ask yourself, like, why is my, when I'm annoyed at someone like that and I think they're fake or they're whatever, like, why is my, um, view better than theirs. Like I've really had, I I don't know this last year, I've been doing a lot of questioning of like, why is my view of what's valuable better than their view of what's valuable? There are definitely some, some metrics that you can measure that stuff by. Um, but I'm still, I guess I'm still trying to figure out what mine actually are because there, there are times when I saw a conversation today on Facebook between some of those influencer type people that are friends of mine. Uh, Someone had sent them a message saying that they were a vapid person that was obviously just thirsty for attention. And that's why they posted, you know, near naked pictures of themselves. Yeah. 
And then that girl, the girl they were talking to, posted that message on Facebook and said, this girl doesn't understand me. How dare she judge me? Da, 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 da. And I was like, oh, I kind of get that from her perspective. Like, she's just doing her, you know? And then someone, and then one of her friends came along and said the thing that made it seem like all completely vapid. She said, yeah. And look at the girl who's talking. She's only got 107 followers. <laughs> Oh my god! And so, like, in one in one fell swoop, she like completely her friend under undercut her entire argument. Like, she was like, "I'm just being me. I'm not trying to get your approval." Da 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 da. And it was all very thoughtfully put out. And then her friend was like, "Plus, she only has a hundred followers." <laughs> I was Plus, like, fuck your argument. Flip the table. <laughs> I was like, I don't understand. I don't know how I feel about any of you guys and your value system. It's so different from mine, and I'm trying to understand <laughs> what makes mine better. Um, I don't know. It sounds a lot like you're being influenced by a uh, an ethics podcaster. Um, well, that's actually we we are we are starting the Orville Universe podcast. That is part of why I wanted to start it. I've been going through a lot of things, considering my own value system and my own ethics system lately, and trying to be considerate and reconsider how I feel about a lot of things. And listening to the Superhero Ethics podcast has been good for that. Uh, just just not necessarily that they're like my ethical guru, but they are asking questions that get me to ask questions. And that's, that's great. Yeah. Uh, that's how we progress as a society. You know, we, we get each other to ask questions to, to really like find out the source of, of everything. Yeah. You know? and, and society moves forward at, because individuals move forward and doing that work on your own value system is part of, you are the small cog in the machine of society moving forward. And that's, that's important. It's important work. And like, that's what I've been trying to go through lately. And sorry, we're completely going off agents of shield, but, uh, yes, but starting the Orville universe podcast with Matthew Westfox of the super ethics podcast. Part of it was because it will give me an outlet for discussing ethics every week and give me an outlet of kind of going through my own personal stuff and like examining. I'm in such an open place right now when it comes to my value system that I'm, 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 <laughs> it's very, interesting to me to discuss all these different ethical uh, frameworks and what, I don't know, trying to find a logically cohesive one. Um, so that no, that's neither here nor there. That's, that's way off topic. Uh, Jeffrey James has some feedback <laughs> about it. <Agents laughs> shield. Get us back here, Jeffrey James, help us. Jeffrey James, you're our only hope. <laughs> Bring us back in. Uh, he says, agents of shield season six, episode four, non-spoiler. Yes. Yes, I was really worried about what seemed to be a weak start, but this, this was a truly excellent episode with good fight scenes, interesting plot development, and some really great fun. Spoiler section. Deke as an entrepreneur makes perfect sense. He was that kind of guy when he was in the stronghold and would have uh, obviously stolen stuff from S.H.I.E.L.D. as he left. Also, he knew a lot about 21st century Earth from his own framework and therefore knew exactly how to work the system. He would have needed you know, venture capitalist money, etc. Uh, his girlfriend Sequoia was absolutely perfect because, because, because... Because you look like my ex-girlfriend... Ah, that's so what I thought, and I didn't even think of my own musical reference. That's great. Yeah, I did think his new girlfriend looked a lot like Daisy. Um, but, and 
Jeffrey James is so sweet to reference my song, You Look Like My Ex-Girlfriend. Check it out on Spotify, Apple Music, Google Music, and think about Daisy when you do. Yeah, I love what Jeffrey James says here about Deke. Um, Not only do I love the idea that he was an entrepreneur, he was a scam artist, all that stuff in the future, and he came back and he's using those skills, but I also just love the idea of a future man coming back and using his future knowledge to try to game our economic system. Yeah. Yeah. And it's like, he's, uh, he says that he's trying to, uh, to save the world and like, you know, push, he's, he's trying to break food. <laughs> like he's trying to redefine food. Yes. That was real good. <laughs> and get everybody on mushroom pellets. I'm like, mm. I'm assuming that's what they ate in the future. And that's what he, he's so you know, he knows it's a, possible system for eating cheaply and efficiently or whatever. Yeah, I don't know. I don't I don't know what he's trying to do there. Um it, it kind of goes against what he uh what he was doing character-wise in the last season because when they came back from the from the future, um he didn't want to be any anywhere near anywhere anywhere near that stuff. Well, he he loved cheeseburgers so much. Well, see, I don't think he's trying to do it for himself. I think the idea is he's trying to use his future knowledge to game the economic system, like I said. So he's trying to create this thing he knows can be created because it was created. So uh, he's trying to reverse engineer it using his engineers so that when they get there, he can like be like, okay, give this to the people. I'll keep eating whatever the F I want. <laughs> Eating cheeseburgers. Yeah. <laughs> but just, the, the, that's such a fun science fiction conceit. I mean, it's the booster gold sort of thing um, where, you know, a future man comes back and uses his future technologies to do whatever. And it's just fun that we've just kind of inserted that into this sort of thing. I love that. Yep. I like Deke a lot. And I'm really, really happy that, uh, that Deke came back in so soon and is pretty much immediately back into the fray. Yeah, I like it too. It seems like he's going to continue to be a target, uh, even though he's quote-unquote different from all the others. Right. So somehow they know that he is different. Like his time travel shenanigans have somehow made him clearly differentiated from this universe or whatever these guys are looking at. The the thing that they that they shot into the sky at the end of the last episode or towards the end of the last episode to kind of put the grid over, uh, over the world seems to have, uh, seems to have resulted in them, the, them being Sarge and his crew, uh, them knowing where certain individuals are that, uh, that seem to not be, home to this particular dimension is my thought. Yeah, that's a good call. That's a good call. And and that that seems obvious now that you say it. I had not thought about that. But it is something that I should have thought of. Just like I don't when when they find the knife in the bat, it seems obvious that he was trying to kill the bat, right? I felt yeah. I felt really annoyed that the doctor didn't the doctor or Yo-Yo or her boyfriend did not make that call. They they still haven't made that connection. And maybe they have now that she killed killed it again. But I felt annoyed that they didn't make the connection that he was trying to kill the the bat, especially after they discovered that it was controlling this person, basically. Yeah, yeah. Um, it reminded me of the uh, the ants that, uh, or well, the mushrooms that control the ants. 
Yeah, they 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 mentioned that in the episode. Yeah, the um, you know, with that being a thing that happens on Earth, and then mentioning it, like, how do you talk about that, and then not immediately know that this tiny creature that's inside this guy is the thing that's controlling him, and that, and was the thing that was targeted by this dagger because it's going straight through the middle of that thing. Yeah, I I, I agree. I'm really kind of annoyed at that. I'm also super annoyed that when the thing is flying in his mouth, she didn't bolt across the room and use her robot arms to disable it. Right? Like It was real dumb. She was standing right there. Like, legit, he's holding her. She drops down. It's crawling in his mouth. She She could have easily just bolted over, grabbed the thing, yanked it out, stabbed it. Yeah. Or used her robot arms, or ran to the other room and got the knife and stabbed it sooner. It just that that was really uh, kind of an atrociously written sequence because it just forgot about her superpowers. We're watching a show about people with superpowers. Like we, as the l- viewer, we're not forgetting that Yo-Yo has superpowers. Why are the writers? Right. And then they remembered only when it was convenient, like you said. Yeah. Well, it's it's like they want to give her they want to give her some strife. And they want to give her some some uh, some kind of tragedy to work through, but just the way that they're it, it felt forced. It's, it feels like forcing tragedy on the character instead of earning that tragedy, so to speak. Yeah, totally agree. Uh, another unearned sort of logical fallacy I felt like was uh, when they get into Deke's, you know, space. And they're looking at all the stuff that he's selling and they look surprised, first of all, which doesn't make sense because they've got Agent Trevor on the case. Uh, Mac looks very <laughs> surprised. He also says something that I do not understand at all. He said, it wasn't my call. You're the director of S.H.I.E.L.D. <laughs> I, mean, I mean, maybe Coulson sent him away before Coulson left. But still, you're the director now. Why aren't you, why, why aren't you keeping an eye on this thing? And why are you like abdicating responsibility? I thought that was really stupid. Like literally everything is your call at this point. Yeah. Not my call. So you should, we shouldn't have let it get this far. I'm like, yeah, you think? He's got a like company operating. <laughs> Uh, anyway, so there were a few weird things in this episode, but for the most part, I thought it was fun, really fun, and like cool character work for the most part. Except for those two, it just like logical sillinesses, like bad writing, just bad. They didn't think it through. Yep. But you look like my ex-girlfriend. Yeah. All right. Well, guys, uh, we're going to let you go. We are the Marvel Cinematic Universe podcast. Hit us up at mcucast.com, at mcucast on Twitter, facebook.com slash mcucast, mcucast at gmail.com, or call us at 573-CAST-MCU. Um, uh, if you want to hear more from me, I have the Star Trek Universe podcast and the um, Orville Universe podcast, or you can listen to my music. Anywhere you get music, we're going to ride out. To you look like my ex-girlfriend. Until next time, ex-girlfriends. A friend of mine brought you to myself. She didn't know. That was all before her time. 
walk in the place I recognize that face That hair, that body Oh, I've seen it before But you're not her Probably 